0: Welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom Mash. I'm Vanessa.
1: And I'm Ethan.
0: Ethan. Okay. So today's episode kind of featured a like prosthetic nose kind of thing that was very clearly prosthetic. We've talked about how the makeup department is really good in previous episodes. So nothing like taking away from them, but this nose that this person had in this episode was very clearly fake. So that got me thinking about how makeup artists have, like, progressed so much of, like, what they can do. And even back then, like, the stuff that they did was amazing. So... Yeah, I was just thinking about how cool makeup departments are for TV shows and movies and whatnot. So
1: first of all, no shame to the special effects makeup artistry of this episode. This extended nose is clearly not designed to be viewed in HD. No, not at all. Definitely a prosthetic that was meant to be watched on like a fuzzy CRT TV in 1973. Like you cannot hold it back. You cannot hold it against them for being like well it doesn't look perfect in <laughs> crystal clear quality but yeah I I really like special effects makeup there's just so much that like people do especially like older movies before they had a lot of computer generated special effects they had to rely on makeup for changing someone's appearance and stuff like that like I uh, as a kid I loved back to the future so much And, you know, when I was, I watched that when I was like seven. So I I didn't like know that in the early parts of the movie, Mm -hmm. when Marty's parents are adults, that they were played by the same actors (laughs) as the teenage version of them, but with like heavy makeup to look like they're 30 (laughs) years older.
0: That's so funny. I think that for TV show wise as well, anytime that there's like skin things, I think that that is just so cool on Sons of Anarchy a lot of the actors didn't have like the tattoos that they were portrayed as having as their characters And I watched, like, a behind-the-scenes thing this one time, and it took hours to, like, place the tattoos properly on them to, like, make it look like they were actual tattoos, first of all, and then to have them placed as they were in previous episodes. I just think that that stuff is so cool and, like, good for you, makeup artists. Like, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, sitting in the makeup chair for several hours to apply those Whatever they are, the prosthetics, whether they be tattoos or something more complex, it's so much energy and time that, like, if I was an actor and I had to do that and I had to go on set now in this, like, prosthetic makeup, I would be exhausted before I even start my day. Like, it's got to be tough, man. And to tie it in, again, to this episode, Henry actually (laughs) mentions the movie The Thing, which was a 50s B-movie. That nobody yeah. really cared about. But then it was remade by uh, John Carpenter, who was a giant horror movie icon director of the 80s. And that movie is a masterpiece of prosthetic makeups. If you're going to watch one thing to like see what people could do with prosthetic ability in the height of the before CG, watch the thing. Because that, uh, that has some incredible effects in it. It's all just people in makeup. That's
0: really cool. I didn't know that. I have never seen that movie. I'll look up some pictures from it.
1: Oh, get ready for some horror, my dude. That movie's scary. <laughs> I've never seen that whole thing. I was too scared to watch it all, but like whatever. Anyway, let's get into the episode now, shall we? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, in this episode, Operation Noselift, a new sergeant confines in Hawkeye and Trapper that he's he keeps running away from camp, and that's kind of a theme in the first couple minutes of the episode but he keeps running away from camp because he wants to get a nose job so to help him out hawkeye calls a plastic surgeon friend of his to come to the 4077 and of course mass shenanigans ensue so ethan right off the bat what did you think about this episode
1: i really like this one there's a dark part mm-hmm. in it that detracted from the whole yeah thing, we'll get to that but otherwise this was a really fun episode i think we've had a run of more uh social commentary episodes before these previous few. So it is kind of nice that they balance out the kind of heavier military satire like political ideas of the show with these very just lighthearted. We got to get this guy a nose job. Let's act like it's a heist <laughs> movie. That kind of thing. I like how they're able to balance between these tones of the show pretty well. Like this episode's really fun.
0: Yeah, I agree. This Was just another one of those episodes for me where it was very much, oh, this is like a MASH episode. You know what I mean? Like, when I think of MASH, I just, like, recall these kind of funny episodes like this. Besides the one part about this episode that we didn't really care for, I know that you also didn't care for it. It was just such a fun episode. And... I, I don't know. I really liked the antics, the shenanigans stuff like that. I loved Henry in this episode. He was so funny.
1: Dude, I want to talk about Henry's crazy things that he says. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time that I've really noted them down cuz they were they were like in rare form this episode. <laughs> I'll talk about that way later when we get to like our favorite lines.
0: Yeah, definitely. This episode begins <laughs> with Henry writing a letter in response to a, a complaint that Margaret and Frank filed with General Mitchell. And I thought that it was really funny because last week's episode, they were going to file a report about Henry's like being bad at being the commanding officer. And I was like, well, guess it looks like they filed the report.
1: <laughs> it's so funny that that is the runner of the season. Like the thing that like lasts the whole season. Oh, is yeah, that for sure. I guess General Clayton's gone. So they're trying to like use this new guy to be like, hey, Henry shouldn't be here. So (laughs) I do like how they're maintaining that through the entire season. As much of it does annoy me, just like the fact that they're so on him about it and he's not really doing anything wrong.
0: Yeah, they say that he was dressed up as King Neptune with a diamond in his belly button. (laughs) And I just have to say, (laughs) that's a very funny visual. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, we don't see that. It's just a description. But, you know, it was a Mardi Gras party. And I get that they want to be military all the time, but come on, you're, you're yelling at him for like cutting loose on a special celebration day. You're allowed to have some time where you blow off some steam. It's okay.
0: Yeah, we hate Frank and Margaret here. <laughs> well, we like
1: Margaret. We don't like Frank. Well,
0: yeah. So the plot of the episode gets rolling in this first scene where the MPs bring back Sergeant Danny Baker, He's run away again from yeah. camp because we get that he's done this before. He keeps going AWOL, according to Henry. So he, <laughs> Henry, like doesn't know what to do with him. He doesn't know how to discipline him. He literally said, "I it's taken me six months to housebreak my dog," and I thought that was quite funny because it's just so in line with Henry's character. And I'm so he said, sen-
1: "Same, I feel that." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. He sends him to Father Mulcahy. And honestly, I just love Father Mulcahy in this scene, in this episode, because you can tell that he is just this really genuinely nice person. Like he doesn't care about anyone's like religion. He just wants to help. So that kind of sets him on track, too. Help, Sergeant Baker.
1: Yeah, I liked Father Mulcahy in this. This is uh, one where he's kind of in the episode throughout. And it's a consistent gag that they've done before. But, you know, Hawkeye will be just like talking about more lewd stuff. And he'll be like, oh, sorry, father. (laughs) And one line that he has, Mulcahy has in this, he's like, oh, don't worry about that. I I translate that stuff into Latin. Just makes it sound a little bit more uh, professional. (laughs) Once again, I like Mulcahy's whole thing that he's just a really good dude who happens to be a religious figure. He's not someone religious who's like. My religion's the only religion. He's like, whatever. Yeah, he even, everybody's good.
0: He even says it in this episode, and it's played for laughs, of course, when Baker is talking to Father Mulcahy, he says, "Yo, like, Father, I'm not Catholic. And <laughs> Father Mulcahy goes, well, not everybody's perfect. And it was it was funny, but he was still, like, willing to help him regardless of his religion. And I just, I loved that. Yeah. So then Baker kind of confides in Father Mulcahy that he's running away from camp because he keeps getting made fun of because of his nose because it's very obvious that he has this like fake prosthetic nose but it looks very like big. He keeps running away from camp because he wants to get a nose job so that people which stop making so fun stupid. of him which was so sad. It was sad.
1: <laughs> no, I just love that that yeah, it is sad that like people would bully this grown man so much about his nose. But <laughs> literally I it's love a grown that the plot man of this is a man wants a nose job. I like that he's because the stereotype for that is actresses <laughs> like young women who are like told that their nose looks weird who like get it fixed up but i like that it's about a guy who wants a nose job i think that's a nice subversion of the thing also i hate saying nose job uh, it yeah, just like, sounds is, like kind of gross. What is it?
0: And, I think it's called it's like, a
1: rhinoplasty. Rhinoplasty,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. So we should just refer to it <laughs> as, rhinoplasty as a rhinoplasty. Okay. <laughs> I agree with you. I was also thinking about how. This is clearly like a characterization of a Jewish nose. And this is why I kind of felt sad about it, because I know that so many people that I know personally who are Jewish, like hate their noses because and like get cosmetic surgeries because of that idea that their nose, because it's bigger or, you know, has like a certain look is not beautiful or, you know, not attractive. And it's just like, don't get cosmetic surgery because you don't feel pretty. I don't know. It makes me sad. (laughs) Because you're beautiful the way you are. Only get it if you really want it.
1: <laughs> That's our positive message of the week. Anyone listening, I hope you follow that. But no,
0: I. There's nothing wrong with how you look. <laughs> no, I agree,
1: though. I didn't see, other than it being like a weird prosthetic, his nose didn't look more prominent than anyone else's nose yeah. on the show. Alan Alda's got, like, a pretty significant nose. So does Henry. So does, like, everyone else. Granted, I'm not someone who, like, cares about noses. I'm not, like, looking for the ideal (laughs) nose. But I don't find really any nose like attractive, so I'm just like, whatever, it's a thing in the middle of the face that keeps <laughs> your glasses up. That's like the function of a nose for me.
0: Yeah, and Hawkeye even says that it's no different than anybody else's nose. Of course, like again, like we said, it's very clearly a prosthetic. It's almost gray. Yeah. It's definitely a different color yeah. than his face. But Hawkeye- <laughs> It's so funny. It is. It's very funny. <laughs> Hawkeye says that, too, of, like, it just is a thing in the middle of your face. Like, it's meant for you to breathe. It's not meant for anything else. And, of course, like, the plot of the episode must go on, right? So It's more
1: that, like, he was being bullied and wants, like, an outward solution. So, like, whatever. Don't bully people for their appearance. You can't control how you look outside of, like, a few things. So, you know, everybody just be nice to each other. That's our real lesson for the week. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, so before we turn into an after-school special, I thought it was funny that Henry was, like, so resistant to this whole plot. So Hawkeye and Trapper decide that they're going to help Sergeant Baker, and Hawkeye calls up his friend—what's his name? Robinson— and Robinson's this plastic surgeon, but they need Henry to kind of like sign off on it first. And Henry's like, well, I'm already in hot water with General Mitchell, but yeah. I understand that you guys are just trying to be nice. So, yeah, sure. But I, you didn't hear it from me, basically. And I thought that that was very funny.
1: Yeah. The entire episode, like he gives them permission, but he says like, oh, I don't know anything about this. Leave me completely out of it. And I like that he's for the entire episode, his whole thing is I do not wanna know anything. I know I can't stop you guys, but like I am also I'm not signing away my actual like authority on this. You're just gonna do this underhandedly. We're going to have radar forge a thing. It's going to be fine. Just leave me out of it. And I think that's funny how like (laughs) Henry actually is about everything.
0: Yeah, I really like the episodes where Henry, like, truly doesn't know what's going on. Like, even in this, he kind of like knows a little bit, but he was like signing passes and stuff like that. Like, why am I signing this? And he's like, oh, wait, never mind. I don't really want to know. I thought that that was very funny.
1: I love Henry's lax energy.
0: Also, also, when Trapper and Hawkeye are talking to Baker, Trapper says, Oh, like getting a rhinoplasty or getting a nose job is what they say. But getting a rhinoplasty is against army regulations, which I thought was really rich coming from Trapper, because when have they ever cared about what's like non-regulatory in the army before? Like they stole Frank's blood. Pretty sure that That wasn't army regulations, guys, but you can't help the guy who wants a rhinoplasty. Okay.
1: I think we're gonna bring up the fact that they stole Frank's blood for all eleven seasons. If they top oh, for that, sure. I'll be surprised. But no, you're right. Like <laughs> I think them bringing up army regulations is more them saying like, oh, this would be like difficult. We can't just like wheel you into the OR. Yeah. Then they hatch a whole plan to get him a rhinoplasty underhandedly while also avoiding Frank and Margaret's suspicion. And I like this whole maneuver that they do. I like the new incidental music too. The little uh, bit of score that happened while they're like sneaking around that was like a new piece of music. I was like, ooh! This is like a special episode. We got got some new music going on.
0: Yeah, I liked that a lot because it was very funny. I was laughing at the music because it added this, oh, like them sneaking around. What are they (laughs) doing it was a very good piece of music to add to this scene because
1: there isn't like a ton of music in this show it's like nice when we get new stuff
0: so frank and margaret are suspicious like almost automatically because this plastic surgeon who is hawkeye's friend shows up at the camp and they are like, why is he here? And they don't really give them a straight answer. And so, of course, like I said, they're they're suspicious almost automatically. And I have to note that we have seen this actor who plays Robinson before. He was the psychiatrist in Bananas, Crackers, and Nuts who was going to send Hawkeye to the psych ward and who also attacked Margaret.
1: This poor man has just the worst casting I've ever seen because he's the low point of this otherwise pretty fun episode. He yes. boilers, tries to attack Margaret again, but this time it's not given the plausible deniability of it being like a weird setup. He just straight up kind of doesn't care that she doesn't want it and he's just like oh wh- whatever i i want this it's a really bad part of an otherwise really fun good episode
0: yeah so he was um even before that he was like saying like really creepy things about the nurses and it was just okay that was almost par for the course at this point with mash like we we understand that you know it was written in a different time period where it was just like oh that's funny sure but um Yeah, then Margaret and Frank were suspicious while this guy was trying to get the nose job almost. So... The PA announces that Henry wants to see Frank and that Margaret was needed in the supply tent. And like this guy lured Margaret into the supply tent and was like attacking her. It was really like it was super uncomfortable.
1: It was the worst because they kept cutting between this almost assault and Hawkeye doing something. And it gave me stress of like, oh, I hope he comes in at the right like I hope Hawkeye actually comes in to stop this.
0: Yeah, it was, like, super creepy, and I was thinking about this with Bananas, Crackers, and Nuts, because I didn't know that this actor attacked Margaret, like, again, or this guy attacked Margaret again in this episode, and I was thinking about how this would play so much differently without the laugh track. Like, it would, it's creepy with the laugh track, but it would be, like, ten times worse without it. So, and like I said, even before that, when he's introducing himself to Margaret, he's, like, touching her face, and she looks, like, kind of uncomfortable. Dude. He kept
1: talking about her
0: jowls. Ew. I was like, what
1: <laughs> in the world are you talking? I know he's a plastic surgeon and that's the joke that he's like views people as things that he can like cut up and refine. Mold and but stuff, yeah. Don't talk about someone's jowls. Like that's nasty. Yeah. Especially he- because Margaret does have like a more defined like jawline than some girls do. I was like, this feels like a weird thing to put on to Loretta's sweat. Yeah.
0: I-, I don't know. It was, it was, it was really uncomfortable to watch. The only thing that I can say that makes this slightly better is when Hawkeye and Trapper go into the supply tent and like, basically pull this Robinson guy off of Margaret. Loretta Swit looked like she was laughing. I was watching her facial expressions and it yeah. seemed like she was laughing and oh, I don't want to say having a good time because I like can't speak for if she was or not, but it seemed like it was that they were having a light-hearted interaction almost. So, I don't know, that made it like a little bit better for me, mm-hmm. but in context, it was just not Well,
1: you know, on set, probably a very nice man. Yeah,
0: like in context, it was just not cool yeah, yeah. F- I'd like to move past this yeah. part of it because I don't want to talk about it anymore it was literally upsetting to watch
1: yeah no I feel you. it was a lot and really detracted from an otherwise good fun episode they put the plan into motion after this kind of around this time and how they start the okay we're gonna get this guy a nose operation is that radar is playing like ball just in the yard with a few people and uh I think Frank froze it. Who throws the ball that, like, they say injures, injures his nose?
0: Trapper does. But right before that, Radar is playing uh, baseball with, like, a couple people in the camp. They're just, like, playing catch, actually. And so, like, Father Mulcahy's throwing it. And then he throws it to... Radar throws it to Frank. And then Frank throws it back to he him. And it's, like, the worst it throw to the ground. ever. <laughs> that was really funny. But Trapper was the one who... um threw the ball and supposedly hit radar in the face. And I thought that that was just like such like a funny uh way of approaching this thing because Sergeant Baker was supposed to have left for like R&R or whatever. And then he circles back and is like running through woods and stuff like that to get I, to the operation. I love
1: the way that the plan actually plays out, how it is this actual plan that they put together. You know, it's a real like spy operation. Creating subterfuge and like, here's what you think is happening, but actually it's this. This whole plot could have been like a really goofy uh, spy movie almost. Like a weird Mission Impossible kind of setup. I like how Radar's just overacting at him supposedly breaking his nose too. Just how like over the top he plays it. I thought that was really Yeah, funny. and
0: when Frank gets called away to Henry's office... Um, He sees Radar again in the office. He's like, your nose isn't broken. Like, what is this? And then Radar even says, oh, uh, I just sprained it. If I don't put weight on it and stuff like that, it'll be better in like a month. It was a very funny, just comical thing trying to get this poor guy his nose job or his, sorry, his rhinoplasty.
1: (laughs) This poor man just wants some cosmetic surgery. And, you know, they have to go through all this. And I, I didn't realize how fast you could actually do one of those. They say in the operating room that this guy, this Plastic surgeon that Hawkeye is friends with is the champion of the four minute nose. And I know that's probably exaggerated from what you could do in real life. I'm like, wow, imagine mm-hmm. going in for surgery and it being done in four minutes. That's pretty
0: good. That's in office <laughs> surgery, basically. So I did look it up, and a rhinoplasty does take anywhere from 1.5 to three hours. So <laughs> that is pretty quick, though.
1: That's not terrible.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> So I thought that the ending scene was also really funny because, of course, Frank and Margaret have this idea that some, something was not kosher here, if you will, with this surgery, that they did something against army regulations. And so they walk out saying, oh, we're going to find out like who's who went under the knife and who got this rhinoplasty. And then they walk out of the post-op and there are just everybody with bandages on their nose. There was like this little dog and he had a bandage on his nose, too.
1: That was great. I was like, I want more of the mash dog. Make the mash dog the recurring character. But yeah, I love this little visual of everybody having a nice, like, I'm Spartacus moment of everybody having the same thing. (laughs) And again, it was all women. And I like that the guy who gets the rhinoplasty is a man because in their subterfuge, they were like, well, it's usually women who get these kind of things. I thought it was really cute and funny. It does tie up with apparently this creepo guy did spend some time with the nurse he was actually looking for, even though she doesn't exist. And I was like, that's weird. That's a weird way to end it. Yeah,
0: Hawkeye and Trapper kind of lured this Robinson doctor in because they said that there was this quote-unquote barracuda nurse. I don't... That's, like, so strange. And so throughout the entire episode, he was like, oh, where's the barracuda? Where's the barracuda? Which, again, he was just a creepy guy. So then it turns out that he, like, found the supposed barracuda nurse, which if his interaction with Margaret told us anything, like, Hawkeye and Trapper should really go check on that nurse to make sure she's okay so yeah that was like a weird way to end but i don't know how else they really would have yeah. ended it
1: i kind of wanted to see this mr uh danny baker without the nose me too me they too never show him what's the point of hiring well i guess you prosthetic the nose to make the actor like not feel bad about his actual nose. But if you're not going to show us a before and after, <laughs> maybe you can uh, hire some guy with a big nose so it looks less, <laughs> less distracting when you watch it 40 years later in <laughs> HD.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> so Ethan, this episode was quite funny and strange did you have any favorite lines from this episode
1: so like i said earlier i'm going to talk about the little strange things that henry says that are the most 50s dad (laughs) lines that you could ever imagine but because mclean stevenson like actually delivers them well they don't like make me feel like oh it's a very strange thing to say until i think about them so here are two of those from today's episode (laughs) so henry's talking about how frank and margaret are kind of on him about being a bad commanding officer and sending all these reports to general mitchell and he says oh boy those two poops are gonna drive me dippy i'm like that is (laughs) the most like 50s dad thing i've ever heard in my life like calling somebody a poop That is, uh, just swear at that point. Just come on. (laughs) Um, I
0: honestly love that. That's so funny.
1: (laughs) Those two poops are going to drive me dippy. I'm going to say that about everyone now.
0: (laughs) People probably say that about us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We can put that on a shirt and have it be pictures of us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um you know what's so funny too is that thinking about that also like henry's the dad of young kids so if he didn't want to curse around his kids that's probably where that like where that comes from too <laughs> just like in universe that is true
1: that is true i didn't think about that that's Which great. Makes it even henry's better big dad energy <laughs> um so here's another one they're talking about the guy who needs the rhinoplasty because apparently his nose is just offensive to everyone. Henry says, That's one bazoo that's begging for a salami slicer.
0: Yeah, that was so, like, I did not understand that at all. That was very funny, but I was like, That's so weird. <laughs> what a thing to say that's one bazoo
1: in real life you could not say that without rehearsing that that could not come to your mind as a thing of like oh, i'm just gonna say this casually he had to think of that like a week beforehand and just waited for someone to actually bring up this man's nose
0: <laughs> oh i love that i love that <laughs> My favorite line in this episode was actually not one from Henry, surprisingly. But as we get more of Father Mulcahy, I think Father Mulcahy ends up having a lot of my favorite lines because he is like so sweet, like I said. And also there's a lot they can do with the religiosity of his character. So when they are throwing the baseball back and forth, Father Mulcahy throws it to Radar and Radar tells him that he's got a really good arm and <laughs> Father Mulcahy goes, well, you develop a lot of muscle wrestling with temptation.
1: <laughs> that's pretty good. I knew that one down too. I like that. Uh, that's that's some good stuff. Mulcahy's always written very well so far.
0: <laughs> I love Father Mulcahy. I can't wait till we get more of him. Yeah,
1: I can't wait to see more of his uh, boxing backstory like you said like a yes! thousand years ago. Yes! So with that said, do you have any trivia for us in this episode?
0: Yes, I do. So there were two major guest stars in this episode, Stuart Margolin and Todd Sussman. If you want to hear about Stuart Margolin's history and stuff, um, you can listen to the episode Bananas, Crackers, and Nuts because I talked about him more extensively there. So like I said, Todd Sussman played Sergeant Danny Baker. And what I thought was most interesting about him and his career was that he did 46 episodes of the PA voice in MASH, which was like so neat.
1: Oh, really? I yeah. have no idea who voiced that, honestly. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, so he shared it with another actor. But yeah, he did 46 episodes. That's so cool. Ooh,
1: I wonder if in-universe, making those like phony PA announcements for this episode was actually just him doing the announcement. If it's really canonically Danny Baker doing it, that'd be really funny.
0: That's interesting. That That is definitely for sure my headcanon. <laughs> so more about-
1: <laughs> Write some fan fiction about it. <laughs> oh, no.
0: no no (laughs) so Todd Sussman he had small supporting roles in several movies including Coneheads The Juror The Taking of Pelham 123 Only the Strong and Bodily Harm among many others he was in the original cast of the off-Broadway show Old Jews Telling Jokes and he received high praise (laughs) for his role besides it's a great title (laughs) it was actually adapted from a successful like web series so that's really cool
1: whoa hey now (laughs)
0: So besides MASH, he has been in shows like St. Elsewhere, ER, Coach, and Orange is the New Black. He still acts today and has most recently been in TV shows called Bull and For Life, both of which he played a judge, which I thought was very interesting. And so I know that you'll find this interesting, and this is really interesting for our purposes. He voiced the PA announcer in an episode of Futurama in which they make MASH references. So I know that you've told me about that before, and I thought that you'd really appreciate Yo.
1: that. I love that. That's the one where uh, they have Alan Alda voice like a na- malfunctioning robot as like a surgeon. I love that that's the MASH episode of Futurama then. If they have a little bit of a cast reunion, that's really fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. So Ethan, what is your martini rating for this episode?
1: This one's hard, right? Because I-, I really enjoyed this one, but it has such a black spot on it where like, yeah, this is a really fun episode but Margaret almost gets assaulted and I did not enjoy watching that. So if this didn't include the Margaret thing, this might be like a four for me. I had like a really good time with it. With the Margaret stuff included, you yeah. might have to go three, three out of five. Not quite what I, I want from this show.
0: Yeah, I thought that I was definitely going to give this higher in that 3.54 range because I really do enjoy this episode. But I I think I told you this off mic, but I'll say it here too. Margaret saying to Robinson, she like picked up something in that scene where she's being assaulted. And she's like, I'll crack you over the face with this. And he's, like, really into it. That's stuck with me since childhood. And so, ugh, it it was just not a great time. So, yeah, I would say, like, the 3, 3.5 range just because of that and how it was just not played okay. But not not to end on a sour note, but because this episode was very funny. And if not for that, I I love this episode.
1: Yeah, this is definitely... If you edited out that subplot of Margaret almost getting hurt, this would have been a real top tier one for me. I love the Mission Impossible weird vibes to it of getting a Gaia a rhinoplasty. It's like really fun. Like that's a hilarious concept. Yeah, like that could work in any show about people who have the ability to give surgery. That's a really funny thing to do.
0: <laughs> and it's so funny that MASH is so unique with it too, because of course, cosmetic surgery is against army regulations. So like that was the whole challenge of the episode. The challenge wasn't even so much that he wanted this surgery and couldn't get it. It was like he could have gotten it at any point in time if he had been like a civilian, but because they were on the MASH unit, mm-hmm. like that is what caused them so much trouble. I just, I loved that. I loved that. So good episode, I think. That's what
1: makes smash special because they could do like army stuff and yeah doctor stuff and they can mix stuff in between it's a multi-genre show
0: yeah i think we uh we've come to the conclusion that we enjoy the show huh yeah De- yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> all right so just to wrap up we'd like to give thanks to jacob Verbalco for being our technical consultant melissa my sister for cover art and of course our listeners thank you so much our music social media and contacts for the show are linked in the description as always. And join us next week for Season 2, Episode 19, The Chosen People. But until then, pitch a baseball down the middle, baby. Goodbye, farewell, and amen.
1: Bye, everyone. Hi, this is Jacob for Balco, tactical consultant for Mashmouth. I also edited this episode, so please, Ethan and Vanessa, credit me where it's due.